where to begin? It's only Wednesday, and it feels like it should be later. April 27th, 2022, I'm Stephen Sersky. This here is my daily audio digest, published between Monday and Friday, posted on my website, stephensersky.com, also available on Spotify, anchor.fm, and I also tweet them out. And you can also find it on Google Podcasts if you're looking there as well. Uh, Apple iTunes is a little bit more difficult to get it listed, so it's not there just yet. But yes, uh, I live in Beijing. This here is about the life of an expat doing stuff that's not really, that is expat-y, but certainly not as culturally um, immersed as other bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, and other stirs out there. Simply because, well, you know, I don't know, I guess I kind of want to lead a a little bit of more of a normal life. <laughs> I was thinking about this actually uh, because the uh, lockdown that uh, are lockdowns that are happening, the current push towards uh, home working, um, and I, I was whining about this last week. I guess you could say I was commenting on it. Uh, you know, I, I'm living abroad as an expat, but I'm working in an apartment that I will never be able to own. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, at what point, um, if, if I were to do a channel that was based only on the Chinese culture, Chinese language, and all the other Chinese-isms uh, that you see other travel bloggers uh, go on about, or should I keep it what it is right now, which is kind of just what I do, uh, and I'm getting into computer graphics, uh, you know, I've talked about programming, um, the ESL industry, which is very much uh, <laughs> a Chinese um, cultural thing as well, you know, um, learning English. Uh, so I guess there's my cultural contribution. Uh, but uh, I don't know if it would make, uh, I don't know if it would be any better if I did those sorts uh, of cultural things. I have thought about doing videos of trying out the different foods but at the same time I don't know I think it'd be a little bit contrived on my behalf uh, more because it's kind of like there's another foreigner trying you know what we would consider to be weird food yeah I think there's other people better suited for it to tell you the truth anyway yeah middle of the week Wednesday already and um, hmm it was a busy day I did get my two workouts in uh, both before and after work. It was a leisure, leisurely day at work. Uh, made leisurely because now I kind of know how the setup works. Uh, but uh, it was made a little bit... Uh, it moved along because uh, in, in the afternoon, uh, I had to uh, install an update on the PC. And that had me going, oh, is this going to fuck up? <laughs> it didn't, thankfully. Uh, the IT department did a very good job of really dumbing it down, which is great. I love things like that. Those instruction manuals where you they literally show you the screenshot of the next thing that will happen. If this happens, look here. If that happens, look there. They made it very simple, so very good for that. Uh, but the other overhanging issue today was that I had to go get another NAT test nucleic acid test and that had to be done because it's compulsory since I'm in the Chaoyang district and there's a testing site just down the street from me but I mean it's like 
10 minute walk there then you gotta wait in line and then you never know uh is your little qr code thingy gonna pop up red or black or whatever it is or who knows? Are they going to ask for you, you for your passport? And you're like, well, why don't you have your passport? And I'm like, because I have to renew it. I don't know. <laughs> Things like that. Who knows what could go wrong? There's one more day of compulsory testing, and that will be on Friday. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> oh, yes. The uh, compound um, diagonal to me has been locked down. Uh, so, and like by lockdown, those blue sheets of metal put up barricades there no one's going in no one's going out <laughs> oh snap oh and yesterday i said that we would be able to go get uh food we'd be let out for essentials i don't know how people can be let out for essentials if there's blue barricades all over the place so that will be the uh probably a challenge uh people have sort of kept on wondering about my food situation i guess this is in sort of uh in sympathy with what happened in uh, what is still happening in shanghai wherein uh people are facing food shortages and yeah you know i i sound very chipper right now you know i haven't been locked down still kind of free to move around uh who knows six weeks later if i'm just eating gruel and not able to go outside and exercise Eesh, you might see a different side of Steve. Man, what would happen if I had to live in a dark room by myself all the time? Kind of like, what would it be like to be in prison? <laughs> like, uh, And I say that, I know uh, there's other people who've gotten in, in trouble for saying things like that, but I go, uh, you know, there, there's sort of a, a relationship there. Like, if you're not allowed to leave your apartment, it doesn't matter how much money you have, if you can't get anything, if you can't leave, and literally you're confined, I don't have a mansion, of course, but if I'm confined to a 54 squat, uh, 54 squat, 54 square foot, uh, square meter, sorry, 54 square meter um, uh, apartment, studio apartment, then, like, how, I mean, I, 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 mentally or sorry i have an idea of how i would survive such a uh, an, an experience but mentally i have no idea i think i could do it but i have no idea i know i have been very fortunate to date and i hope my fortune continues because this whole the whole thing right from the get go you know not leaving china uh, two years ago and, and opting to stay here instead uh, to see how things develop and you know not leave the apartment or the job just yet uh, even last year uh, where Canada was sort of facing a lot of uh, issues as well not going back there to uh, um, not trying to leave China to come back in or anything like that so uh, it's I've been fortunate so far um, I can't say that anything really bad has happened. I mean, there's been some bumps along the way, but um, so far it's been manageable. And I know other people have had it worse than me. I also know other people have had it better than me. So, um, But to commemorate uh, payday and 
the fact that uh, the, the block got locked down and several of my colleagues got locked down yesterday, uh, I decided to order Indian food today. And I was like, yes, I, I didn't want to cook. Uh, mainly because I was like, I just don't want to do dishes, so I have room to cook. So I ordered the uh, the Indian food while I was in the lineup for the NAT test. And uh, it, it came around 8 o'clock or so. It was hot still, too, and fantastic. I'm, I'll tell you, I, is there, like, Indian food, you know how you, a lot of people take pictures before they eat and stuff like that? I think Indian food is, like, one of the type of foods it's very difficult to take a picture of because you just start eating it. And I had the uh, the chicken tikka masala, which I know don't. It's not Indian. It's London food. I'm like, well, yeah, but they had to go to London to find one of their best types of food. I yes, I said it. I've loved this type of food for a long time. There's a huge Indian population in in London, and they did good food. So yes, chicken tikka masala, fantastic. Three different types of naan bread: some uh, veggie samosas uh, or potato samosas. I think I wanted the veggie samosas, but I got the potato samosas. Oh, well, whatever. And then some, like the Indian version of uh, um, rice pudding. All fantastic. Great stuff. And, yeah, so <laughs> I was eating that. going, you never know. You never know. I, just, uh, I saw one message from another colleague who her compound got locked down. And she was removed from her apartment not forcibly but she was given an hour to pack and then told you're you're coming with us that kind of seems and you're kind of like wait a minute what you're going into a quarantine with other people who are infected or are i mean okay even if they segregate them but the the idea is the same why would you take a healthy person away from where where they are being healthy and put them into a place where they could potentially meet other unhealthy That doesn't make sense. WTF, regardless, got me thinking. I'm like, holy, what would happen? Because used to, when we did the, uh, when I first, when I came back to China the second time, uh, we did a lot of the working and traveling sort of stuff, and I always had a bag that was ready to go. Uh, and I had all my toiletries, and it was, at the peak travel days of my job i mean it was to a t everything like i could get packed in five minutes if if that uh you know how many shirts i needed gitch the toiletries everything i had two of everything stashed in different places so it was ready to go i've been slowly picking away at that lately and i even had the thought of and it's sitting on my my dining room table um, or this like this little coffee table that I have, and I thought, you know what? I'll finally put this away. I didn't. Uh, I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. And then you you hear a story like this, and it's kind of like you put that away, and you're you're jinxing yourself. So I'm gonna leave it there and, and leave it packed for now, just to see in order not to jinx. Uh, what, uh, whatever could happen, but, uh, the lockdowns have actually hit pretty close to, uh, like, I mean, literally across the street, the, uh, the apartment block and that, that, that apartment compound has been locked down. And if that's the case, uh, you know, the delivery guys have been, you know, uh, flitting around the area. Uh, I've been blaming these, these guys and girls, but it might not be them. It could be, you know, someone seeing, 
a friend or you know a girlfriend or boyfriend and then going back to their other apartment somewhere else right so or their parents are living nearby whatever any number of things so it's 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 you just kind of kind of, kind of go when is it going to happen here i guess we will find out tomorrow when the tests when today's net tests are all uh processed whether how how many more cases there are and how much the uh um thing has uh, the, the virus has spread so uh, a little bit bothersome i tell you Not, anyone else tired of this is anyone else tired of this? I, I think like, wait a minute why two years on two and a half years on and you're locking down again did it work last time no the vaccines didn't work i guess my question is if we didn't do anything what would happen what would the worst case be what would the best case be i can't help but you know see the news that other parts of the world opening up there's no talk of variations variants or anything people uh, even the united states uh, did the whole lifting the federal mandate on masks uh to like much chagrin and much happiness Canada, I think, is pretty much back to normal, but most people are double and triple vaxxed, even though they're still getting COVID and then saying thank you to the vaccinations. It could have been worse. This is what makes me wonder, what could be the worst case scenario of this recent quote-unquote outbreak? I I just, uh, it's hard to fathom, you know, and I, I sit here, so far we're okay, but, I mean, that could change. Like, tomorrow morning, uh, who knows? And get a knock on the door. It's like, hi, you're coming with us. Who knows, right? Uh, but uh, even still, going out for a run this morning, going out for a run again later uh, in, the, in, in the day. The morning, it was kind of, it was actually very cold this morning. And it was uh, spitting a little bit. Very quiet outside. Uh, it was windy, so you didn't see as many people out. Uh, but in the afternoon... The kids were ripping around the whole neighborhood. The kids, the parents, everyone. It was a party. It, it didn't look like anyone was too concerned about, you know, a transmission or whatever. So if if it's serious, uh, it, this is it's being serious in the media and in like as soon as the the da by the big white suits come and get you. But until then, I mean, people are out and about doing whatever they got to do. So. Uh, at least that's what it seemed like in the compound after school today, uh, after the school hours uh, closed down. And I don't know if the schools are still open uh, around here. So I, that that much I don't know. A bit of uh, success. I finished uh, Interior Chinatown. So I'm happy. I've actually, that's like the first book I have finished in a very long time. Uh, and it was good, actually, because this book um, did open my eyes to the uh, some of the policies or the regulations the uh, what do you call those like when the, the congress passes a bill or something like that um that restricts certain things and it lists two of them i can't remember them off the top of my head but it was uh, there was one in 1923 and then it was repealed in 1961 or something like that uh and it talks about how chinese people weren't allowed to bear witness against a white person uh, because the Chinese people were lumped in together with the blacks and the uh, the Indians, 
Um, and one judge back in like the 1850s or 1880s or whatever was like, well, since the Chinese and the Indians uh, share same ancestry because, you know, when Columbus landed on uh, wherever he landed and he thought he was in India and uh, he, you know, they looked the same to him. And in this book, this uh, Charles Yu guy, he Charles Wu guy, he, he says, <laughs> um, so this legally binding uh, policy was based on a, a mistake that this European guy made 200, 300, 400 years ago. <laughs> and when you put it that way, you're kind of like, yeah, that doesn't look good, does it? Eesh. The book did, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, going on about how uh, the book focuses and dwells upon the uh, uh, what seems to be an ingrained racism in the Hollywood machine. Uh, media entertainment as it is. Uh, the I also mentioned that I've seen voice acting gigs here wherein the games that are uh, being produced have stereotypical characters, and it's not just white people. Uh, it's like uh, Latin Americans, Latinos, Latinas, uh, Europeans, and things like that. I mean, these stereotypes exist. Uh, would we play games? Would we watch movies if we couldn't identify who was who based on our knowledge of how the world is composed, how it is made up of the different regions, the different accents, and some of the funny and some of the not-so-funny things that each peoples do, right? So, yes, I was thinking this. Um, the other thing that this book, uh, Interior Chinatown, uh, reminded me of was actually uh, Thomas King's book, The Inconvenient Indian, uh, which is about the North American uh, indigenous peoples and their legal fights with the governments of Canada and the United States over land claims and land rights and all these, uh, like uh, the treaties that were signed hundreds of years ago and how they've been basically forced off the land, pushed off to the side, and pretty much left for dead uh, or left to uh, wither away, I guess you would say. Uh, and Thomas King is also a very good uh, book. That one's not fiction. That is nonfiction. And he goes through a bunch of the historical um bills that have been passed and things like that or whatever they're called uh, and again it's and you sort of see you know with the the BLM movement a couple of years ago yeah it's you kind of like we are facing a time here where we're coming up to uh, a time we are in a time when we have access to so much information but keeping all of the information uh, verified like making sure that it's accurate and then also making sure that we have the complete picture is very difficult. And the legal system is one of these that has always sort of confused me where they base a lot of things on precedence, like what has happened before. And this has always confused me because I'm going like, it seems almost impossible to be properly legal, like a, a, like a legal advisor, because you have to know all of the ins and outs of every word that's being used based on precedence based on what's happened before. At least that's my interpretation. That it, It's like footnoting every word. You know those academic papers that you'd read in university uh, for whatever reason? The classics are, um, like uh, the, the articles in the classics were terrible for this, where every second or third word or every sentence 
would be footnoted with two or three sentences as seen in blah, blah, blah. Then you learn how to use an index and you f figure out that they've actually just kind of cheated and just went to the index and looked up the word and then went to the page number and verified that it actually said what it said. You know, things like that. But the fact that you have to do that, hey, that's a lot of work. I mean, who can keep that at all straight? Is That's why you have teams of lawyers, people who specialize in different uh, parts of uh, the law, I guess. Anyway, yeah, that was a... Sort of what I was thinking with uh, these um, finishing Interior of Chinatown. Uh, it's an all right book. I mean, it was better than it was sort of presented to me. Um, I'd recommend it. It's an easiest, easy-ish read. Uh, it did get a, again, it did get a little tiring around page one eighty. But then by page one eighty, I mean you're almost done. Give it another day or so, and you'll finish the book. Uh, well worth the read. Why not? It was interesting. Uh, so if you got some time and you want to sort of have a good laugh about and see how a book can be written in a different style, because it's written more like a, a screenplay than it is like a novel, and that was that made it a lot easier to uh, go through a lot of the a uh, lot of the parts of the book. The other book I was uh, the, actually actually was reading two books and was thinking this is one of the great things about working at home is that I have my whole library here now. It's almost like I can't be bored because I have, and I'm terrible for this, all of these books that I want to read, but I only read them like at a page at a time because they usually spur an idea and then I get lost in the idea. So that's what I was, that's what I've been working on. I'm just picking out a book and reading it. So the two others that I went through today, again, J.P. Getty, but then also uh, Michio Kaku's book, uh, The... Uh, uh, theory of God, um, God theory. There you go. So I was, I was reading that one as well. And I don't know, the idea of electrons, electrons being probabilities, you know, where it can be a, a particle and a wave at the same time. That didn't make sense to me because how does a table, an electron that makes up a table stay in place? It can't be probable. It's there. <laughs> there. That's my evaluation of the, the physics. Uh, uh, industry physics um, subject right there. But uh, J.P. Getty's book actually got me thinking about uh, what it would be like to take over a company because there's a point. Uh, J.P. Getty is known for his massive oil empire and, of course, his museums and his investments in the arts. But what people don't realize is that back in just after the 1929 stock market crash, Getty was buying oil companies like on the open market through the stock market. He was buying them up. Uh, there's one Tidewater. I think he he tried to take over and they pushed back against him quite a bit. Um, and then he eventually he won out in the end. But his whole idea, like he didn't come up through the, the stock market business. He was a, 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 a drill rig guy, basically. He was out in the field. But he had this idea. He's like, wait a minute. Why would I go build all these companies myself when I could take over other companies that I see value in, but uh, you know integrate them into one company, have them all work together under one name? I guess, I mean, how was that not an idea before? And you kind of think of it, go, that's such a simple idea, but people weren't doing that. The companies weren't doing that back then because that's not how you did things. Then you see things like Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Again, how does someone take over a company? 
And so I got thinking, like, well, what kind of companies would I take over? I've talked about these things before. Well, I think uh, the first company that I would sort of look for is an AI company. But that seems kind of like a no-brainer because it seems to be a very big part of our future. At the same time, most of it's unproven. Like it, it, The robots aren't going to take over just yet. But AI company, AI team that does these sorts of things, that are interested in developing that technology, that'd be a good one. Robotics, getting into robotics for... Uh, like product automation, warehouse automation, or education, which brought me up to my, my, probably the other one that I would have is, yeah, I'd probably buy some education firms. They seem to be going bankrupt here in China. So time for the picking. Now, why would you take an education company? Not so much for uh, what they are doing, but the structure that they have. The corporate structure, It's if they're shell companies, then you can buy the shell company and then use that and deploy your own sort of product or service through them. The idea being that it might not be in China. It might be that you take, you uproot it from China and you move it somewhere else, but you take the structure with it, right? So that that, that would be the idea. Um, and then you can, I mean, you could look even uh, New York Stock Exchange for cheap um companies or i mean there are platforms as well for angel investors and things like that um and you'd have to you know separate the wheat from the chaff quite a bit in parsing understanding what you're buying and making sure that these companies don't just you know take off with your money sort of thing so those are the three that i kind of uh came up with it was ai robotics and education uh, but education again that's sort of like thinking that's what I've been talking about anyway uh, and that's what I've been doing like ESL uh, language learning language acquisition uh, I guess the one product that I would sort of think of off the top of my head is like an immersive helmet you know where you that would be oh and the metaverse that was the other one that I, I forgot to mention that companies that deal with metaverse but when I say that word I mean digital asset creation and so with that it's with all those things that I do with After Effects, uh, with Apple Motion, doing computer graphics, those are creating digital assets that can be put into a 3D world where you're an avatar, where you can automate some of the stuff that you do, right? That would be the idea of it. Um, so <laughs> integrating those four different types of uh, uh, companies, if I had the... Uh, the type of money which then goes, well, why don't I have the money? Could I secure the financing for it? Where would you get the financing from it? Credit cards is the obvious answer. But then also bank loans. Which bank? Would it be based in Canada, United States, China? Would they do it? Who knows? So that's what I was thinking about today while I was uh, waiting for the PC to upgrade and uh, dwelling upon the fact that the lockdowns are getting closer and closer inch by inch to where I live. Folks, I'm going to leave it there. Hope that was a little bit of a different track, some inspiration for you to have a think about that. If you were to take over a company, if you were if you were uh, motivated to buy out a company and said, I could do that better, why don't you do it this way? What company would you go tell that to and how would you pay for it 
to take over the company? And then how would you change that company and turn it around? That That's sort of the question that I would be asking. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website. Hope you guys have a good one. Stay safe out there. Get your runs in, eat your vegetables, and stay sane. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.